Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm right here, folks, man. I got this, yeah. Welcome back, Ankle Pickers. Episode 29, Season 2, Episode 3, or 4. We're kicking We've been counting the weird. We're we got a couple half episode, episodes in there. Episode 29. We got half, uh, three quarters of the panel today. We got myself, as always, the host. We got DK Capper MMA, Danny. And we have our country club, Kobe, resident casual, also joining us here today. So... No card last week. There's a card this week on Saturday. We're coming late this week. We're recording this as a Thursday. We had a busy week, but we did uh, release the 28.5 episode, uh, the set the spreads. So because there's no card last week, we're not doing a recap. We already did it in last uh, main episode. So no recap. We're going to come at you with some news and notes, a uh, long missed segment. And then from there, we're just going to kind of break down this upcoming card, what to expect including the prelims and maybe go over a few picks and, and what Danny and I saw when we taped. And I think Kobe also took a couple notes on some of uh, some of these bad boys. So you're going to get a casual opinion as well, which is exciting. So let's start it off. Uh, some news and notes. We will start one that I want to say, because he is someone that I've been following for a long time in the sport. And we've, we've even made fun of on this podcast while he's still in the UFC. James Vick officially retires. He, After getting his clock cleaned. Yeah, did you see that? Did you see the uh, tape? Oh, yeah. yeah, it was tough. Uh, so he was not in in the UFC. He was known for he was a top ten uh, lightweight at one point, but he was always known for having a granite chin, and or not granite, carbon chin, whatever whatever weak is glass chin, glass chin. He would get knocked out at the slightest touch of anything. Uh, I'm thinking the Nico Price up kick. What else we have? Uh, I know. Oh, uh, Dariush. He knocked him out cold, slumped him in half. So Vic gets cut, moves to Extreme UFC, I believe is the, is the name of the promotion. It was not one of the main. And, yeah, and got absolutely lights out and, and called, it a, uh, uh, called it a wrap on the career. So I guess best to the executioner. I'm glad he's getting out early while he still has his wits about him. And, and I hope in the afterlife he gets gifted with a granite chin. Freezing cold take alert on his – uh, press conference with Gaethje leading up to that Gaethje main event where he said to, he said to Gaethje, I'm the only reason you're here in the, <laughs> the main event. Too, the other thing too, in hindsight, when I was listing knockouts, Gaethje too, added to the list, folded him like a lawn chair. Oh yeah. Yeah. James Vick definitely took the damage on the chin. So Vick's gone. Speaking of people gone, another thing we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about is the, is the, the long, the long awaited cut uh, of the UFC roster. So I believe in like late 2020, Dana said he was going to cut X percent of the UFC. I guess the flat 60 was his number. 60, 60. And so it's it, the list we got here. And since then, since then we've lost UL and we've lost yeah, um, Rumble there. and there's been, there's been some turnover, but it's not been a big dump like it was today. Yeah, so today, as Danny prefaced, today was a bigger dump. I believe it was 12 or, or 13 people. The main one, someone who just came off another loss, Antonio Carlos Jr., he's gone. He was uh, ex-tough. And then we have, so the quick list is Carlton Minus. That one really surprised me. I, I thought that he was going to show a lot more. He was a prospect they seemed pretty high on. Peter Barrett. Uh, he who was, looked decent he, against Hooper. He looked decent, and he also had a nice a couple wins in the UFC. And he came from Tuesday Night Contender Series. So that one surprised me. And then the rest were kind of a little bit more predictable. Spike Carlisle. QAnon, Spike Carlisle. Yeah, Carlisle, Anthony Ivey. Carlisle, I expect we see back in the UFC at some point. Um, he's, he's one of the worst fight IQs of all time. Fight IQ Good and, 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 and cardio. But I, I think if he works on And one less team alpha male in the UFC, I'm sure you're not complaining. No, I'm not. I mean, I, mean, I am only because it's less people to fade. Less money to be made. Team Alpha Male is the joke of a camp. Jacob we'll get Gilbert, to we'll get to one of those phases later. Yeah, I can't even wait. Sarah Morais, Vinicius Morena, uh, Marcus Peters, Cole Williams, Reese McKee recently signed. So they were saying in this article too that out of out of um, 
Cosmots win. I think this is the third guy to be caught. Second or third guy to be caught out of Cosmots four UFC wins. So that's GM three isn't getting cut anytime. No, soon. he's not. No, he's not. But that was the worst performance of them all. <laughs> right. Uh, and then uh, Vanessa Mello, who just won. And there was a little disclaimer that hers was more that her contract was up and they expect her to be resigned less about the fact that she's just cut off the roster. So, but still, I, I don't can't remember the last time we've seen 10 fighters get cut. So a somewhat big move there. Danny, Kobe, do you guys have any other news and notes you want to bring to the table? I know. I think Kobe said he didn't. Um, I've got one. Yeah. Um, it was recently announced by ESPN's Twitter account this week that Tough is confirmed. I know that Dana was teasing it for March. We're pretty close to March, but I don't think we're going to get it then. ESPN Plus is confirming that they have a partnership with the Ultimate Fighter, the reality show, and that they're going to be dropping a season or adding a season to their ESPN Plus platform in in terms of streaming it um, each week, one season, until it debuts this summer. So if, if someone's better than me at math, I'm sure they can find the exact week of debut being that there's 29 total seasons and three are already on there, but yeah. And um, someone else. Oh, did they just add a third? I went well, last time I checked. There's only two. I think it's season I, one, I, season two and season 22 are on there. Oh, so they just added two. Okay. Two's a good season too. I think that's Bisping season. I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've seen all the Tufts. Tufts is one of the shows that they'll Dana White would even tell you built the UFC. That final fight with Griffin Bonner was like, a key pivotal moment in UFC's history. And they used to do two seasons a year. They used to do one in the spring and uh, one in the fall slash winter. And so I, I'm excited to have it back. I, not I to get, not to get too bogged down, but yeah. a, a pretty big name, a guy that's been on the shelf for a while, a guy who a, a fight needs to happen before his next fight gets scheduled. Anyways, I could see the timelines working out for, uh, the winner of Nganu Miocic and John Jones to be the two coaches. And John Jones is a, a name enough to carry the first season that's on ESPN. Yeah, but, but Miocic already did it against DC. I mean, it's definitely possible. I'm trying to think of what other weight classes might do it. I mean, if they do want to run – well, the filming for this one's already done, I imagine, or at least in the process, right? Because if, if they were looking to air it in March, you'd have to assume they've already been recording it. But it's, the coaches have to be building up to a fight. So it's – I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I'm shocked we don't know the coaches yet. To right. Because uh, when, when it was Kamaru, supposed to come out in March, I was like, Burns, Burns Kamaru. Yeah, Burns around yeah, March. Burns, like, would be cool. But that's in next week. Yeah. I'm excited. No, yeah, so that's that's awesome stuff. The other um, – Jorge Colby would be – Oh, God. Jeff's dude. kiss. But no way it happens. The last thing I want to mention quick is just that uh, one championship for those who like to dabble outside the UFC a little bit. It's making its debut on TNT here in the States, which I always used to have to watch late night streams from random places to watch. I remember I wanted to watch Eddie Alvarez's debut. I wanted to watch Demetrius Johnson's debut. But one was always, um, although you didn't know all the fighters because they got them out out of Asia and they were usually making their uh, lots of Muay Thai. Yeah, lots of Muay Thai guys, but they they and they their rule sets are a little different, which is cool. But now I'm I'm excited to see what they bring. I, I wonder if a lot of them are gonna make the crossover to the UFC now that it's more mainstream. We'll see. But cool stuff there for the sport, honestly. Because for a while their mixed martial arts wasn't on TV. And now And I'm excited for my girl Stamp Fairtex. She's fighting as a dog. It won't come out for you listeners to bet, but we were my heart's with Stamp Fairtex tomorrow night or Maybe tomorrow, maybe tonight. There you whenever, go. Yeah, we don't know the exact time yet, but if you're interested in watching, it's listed to be in Friday. Friday, but again, it's it's in Asia, so the times are all whack. Um, so that's it for news and notes. That actually brings us on to the card. We're gonna we're gonna look at this card. We're gonna go through. We're gonna talk batting lines a little bit. We're gonna talk fight by fight. So the curtain jerker on this on these prelims is Ode Osborne versus Jerome Rivera. Jerome Rivera may sound familiar to you because he fought all of 14 days ago uh, against Figgy, younger Figgy. And older Figgy, but older less Figgy. Older, Figgy. older but less successful Figgy. Worse older, Figgy. less successful Figgy who made his UFC debut, pieced him up on the feet. And, and put on a dominant grappling yeah. performance too. I didn't yeah, see did. anywhere that Jerome Rivera looked good. He looked great all around. And Jerome Rivera is making a quick, 
quick 14-day turnaround. Danny and I were talking about how we were shocked the commission even cleared it. So with that being said, we'll get into our ankle lock, which is nine and four after last week's devastation. So we wrote Dan Hooker last week, and we even put a Malort shot for everyone on the pod. Parker thought he was bailing on the Malort shot by not, not attending tonight. Little does he know that we're waiting until he comes on. So stay tuned for the Malort shot. That'll end on Twitter, guaranteed. And we're looking to we, – we, I think we're on a two, two ankle lock skid here, but we're feeling confident about this one. Kobe, your – Parlay of the week is slightly in the red, very slight. Minus 0.4 units. 0.4 units, so nothing. Hey, one one good play away. Which is this weekend. So it's stay, this week. It is this week. I'm feeling good about it. So starting off, Danny and I have gotten together into a dark room. We've watched tape for four and a half hours, maybe five. And we came out with Ode Osborne as the lock of the week for this week. We think that Jerome Rivera not only being pieced up uh, for all of 14 days ago on short notice, but also just the fact that, in my opinion, going in, I I, I had Ode Osborne against um, – who just say got scratched? He was supposed to be fighting uh, Dennis Bonder. Yeah, so I had Ode Osborne as my lock of the week going into that. And then I, I actually think Jerome Rivera is actually a better matchup for him. So – the lines, I placed it initially when the fight first got announced at minus 225. The line's at minus 210 right now. So I actually have lost value by going early. I'm still very confident about this pick. And I think 210's a great line for it. Yeah, I love it. O- Odie's a great prospect. He got a little bit, um, his hype taken away from him when he got caught in Brian Kelleher's guillotine. But Brian Kelleher's a phenomenal guillotine. He's known yeah. for his guillotine. That's not one that that's not one that I'm really concerned about. Odie should have the the jits advantage, and I really don't see anywhere where Rivera is going to have the have a skill level advantage at all. Yeah, and the other thing that should be noted is that this fight's taking place at featherweight. Think about that, featherweight. Rivera just took Rivera just fought Figgy at I believe flyweight. I believe might have been Bantam. I believe Flyway because I know Ode usually fights at Bantam. Just I feel like it had been Bantam, but I, I'm just guessing. It's crazy, yeah. I, I'm just guessing too, but um, but yeah. I mean, I think I think he came in as a hot prospect. I think Brian Kelleher is one of the most overlooked fighters the roster has to offer. So I didn't even think twice about that, and I'm. Really and he just excited. got booked versus Ricky Simone. Not to get sidetracked, but that's a fun. No, one. that's not to get. That's, that's gonna be an awesome fight. I'm really excited about that one. Yeah. So, anyways, Biggie for Rivera was at flyweight. Oh yeah. So there you go. And now this one's at featherweight, 145. So not only that, but add not one, cutting at add, all. He's probably bulking, dude. Add add fucking undersized to Jerome Rivera's list of in, of issues in this one. He's listed as t- on topology as a flyweight. I don't. Yeah, think I know. He's, he's, he's legitimately a flyweight, and Ode usually fights at bantam, but that's cutting. And now they're walking yeah, knocked out by Tyson Nam at flyweight. I mean, he has no wins in the UFC. He's going up two weight classes Correct. on six days notice Correct. to fight a legit contender. Boom. That's all we need to say. Yeah, there you go. So the second you're hearing this, most likely going to be on Friday. Get that in before the before the line uh, rides up or just before the, the card starts. This is the and it sounds like it's moving in the right direction. People must have confused Rivera with the guy who stabs a woman. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so that's yeah different Rivera but still this Rivera is going to lose and probably get a pink slip shortly thereafter so uh that's something to keep an eye out it's the curtain jerker for that card so make sure you're getting your your place in early right when you're hearing this um next fight's a featherweight bout Tamur Valiev versus Martin Day and this line is Martin Day plus 310 Valley of pl- uh, minus three seventy, Dan. This is this is an interesting one because, as you said, the lines were really high. Valiev was one of the first prospects that I brought to the table in this ankle pick setting and kind of backed him. And it was on that card that I mentioned pre-show, the worst card of all time, that Edgar Munoz card. And it was a weird fight versus Trevin Jones, where 
he almost stopped him in the first 30 seconds. You could have made the case for him knocking out uh, Trevin maybe two or three times. Refner called it. And then in the second round, he caught a left hook, and the ref called it immediately. Didn't wait at all. It was a really interesting one, a really hard way to lose. But Valiev did look great even, even in taking that. I mean, I, I don't want to say fluke because Trevin's got power and fast hands. But I do see Valiev dominating Martin Day here. I don't think that Martin Day is nearly the fighter that he is. Uh, the line's too high probably to bet. This one I'm, I'm comfortable as a parlay piece, though. Uh, you'll probably see this in a parlay of mine on Saturday if I do place one. But I like Timur Valiev. I think he is a legit prospect. He's good at using his strikes to disguise his takedown entries. Uh, he's going to have a day versus day. Yeah, and, and I, I love that. And I have a very similar stance. The one thing that people love to look at, obviously, is record. I think that means a lot less due to how many records are either inflated or underinflated by how many amateur fights they get. But, or not amateur, but like fighting in PFL, for example. I don't necessarily call that amateur, but it's a lot easier competition than someone who starts fighting the UFC three fights in. So this is, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is Valiev's first UFC appearance. It's his second appearance. He, he fought Trevin Jones on that card that I mentioned. Oh, and but, that, that one got overturned no to a no contest, contest because yes, of yes, uh, yes. Trevin Jones' weed test or whatever. After yeah, yeah, yeah. That. But okay, he did get right. knocked out. He looked right. good in the first round. He probably won that first round, but he got and knocked then, out. And then he lost to Chris Gutierrez a while back in World Series of Fighting. The reason why that is interesting is Chris Gutierrez is someone who's on the UFC roster today, he's, and he's pretty good. And he, it, but he did quickly redeem that, that loss. Yes. That, thank you for correcting me on that. He did. The other thing, too, and by quickly, he really means quickly. We're talking like eight months. Um, and the other thing, too, is just he had a lot of fights – that were supposed to be in the UFC, including one of Julio Arce, who I think is phenomenal. Arce? Arce? It's Arce. Whatever. I mean, Jamal Emmers, Derek Milner. Jamal Emmers, too. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think Martin Day is probably the easiest UFC opponent he can get here. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I, be surprised I, if Martin Day gets added to the list of guys that are receiving pink slips, as we mentioned. Yeah. Ser- yeah, I agree. So the third fight, moving the way up the card, is Yusuf Salal, very familiar name, someone who I greatly respect, even though he recently dropped a fight, against Sungwoo Choi, another guy who's seen his appearances in the UFC, but I, I don't believe he's as, as um, well-rounded as Yusuf Salal. This line's Yusuf Salal minus 245, Wu Choi plus 205. So I, I do see this one a little bit differently than you. Oh, okay. Not so much differently. Uh, Zalal is definitely the more well-rounded fighter. If Zalal goes in there and realizes or has the game plan that he's going to mix in some takedowns, I see him getting this done easily on the decision. He's a decision animal. I don't yeah, see him he, getting he, the finish I was about all. to say, he's a high-paced decision animal. Um, that being said, I, if, if he's planning on just kickboxing with uh, Siwoo Choi, I see him having a tough time. I kind of like Siwoo as a dog play here. I think he might be a, a live dog and he might trickle onto my card. Uh, you mentioned that you're a big Zalal fan. And I think that a lot of people that bet the undercards of UFC events are also big Zalal fans. I yeah. think there's a little bit of a fan favorite steam going on. Sure. Um, and, and that being said, like, I, I was on, or I was against uh, Yusuf when, as you mentioned, he dropped that his last fight to Topuria but I actually don't really hold that against him as I've, I've been on pretty vocal on this show. I love Topuria and Topuria is a whole other kind of grappling animal that Choi does not pose the same threat. Um, but I do, I do kind of like this price for Choi. Yeah. Topuria was a house win for the boys that night. And obviously one of our favorite on the pod and, and is looking to have a very promising career. So again, I don't really hold that against him, but it's interesting that Dan said he likes Choi as a potential underdog. I just like Salal as a fighter. I like he's quick. He again, he's he has a very he has the ability to when it goes to the scorecards, you're feeling good. He reminds me of a Robert Whitaker, someone who's just a master at winning scorecards. Winning rounds. Yeah, just winning rounds, doing enough. I actually like the over here potentially, depending on what the line is. I think both these guys kind of have a more technical pace, a more technical standpoint to it. And I think the over is extremely playable in this one, especially with 
I, I would imagine the game plans going into this fight, like you said, if this stays a kickboxing match, you, you like Choi as a potential dog spot there. And I think that if Zalal mixes in the wrestling, you're not going to be looking at, at, a, at a finish. You're going to be looking at more of a control type, pushing the pace, getting to the score. A little point. bit of ground and pound, yeah. scoring points. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, 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 I can definitely see you there. And Vegas is right with us. Fight goes to decision is minus 160. Okay. So a little bit of value there. It's not yeah, a bad that's number. not even that terrible. It, especially because I would say if I had to just, if we were doing a pick them with no lines, I, I, I probably picked, Zalal, obviously, that's not what this is. You like the dog there. If, if you don't feel comfortable making a pick on this one, I, I think the overs are a very good play. I, I don't really see it any by submission. I, I don't see Zalal getting caught. I, I, I like the decision on this one. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. It's great capping. So, anyways, it's also going to be a great fight to watch. So, stay tuned. Don't miss that one. It's going to be, it's going to be, an, it's going to be very technically sound. That I can guarantee. Uh, fight. The fourth fight moving up the card is Meatball Molly McCann versus Laura Procopio. Procopio? I was trying to make unless, it. Unless there's like an H, like the Brazilian H in there. I was going to say Rodriguez. She, I mean, she only has one fight in the UFC, so don't, don't, come, don't come at me with your pitchforks. Dan, women's MMA, your worst nightmare. Any, anything on this one? Do you, I don't. Yeah, I mean, th- this is a pass for me. Uh, if, the line if, is, if I do see if it sees my card at all, it'll be a dog play just because Procopio has crazy volumes. She she throws and throws and throws. She's apparently a black belt in jujitsu. I've never seen her do the jujitsu in an MMA setting. And I remember Meatball Molly looking a little flat footed last fight. And so the thing about Meatball Molly, short memory. the thing about Meatball Molly. So before I go any farther into this one, it's going to be quick, but. The line opened as Molly McCann minus 205. It's quickly steamed down. It's currently sitting at minus 145. Meatball Molly was someone that I used to ride all the time. She was one of my favorites. And the reason why was because I loved her top control. Very dominant. And her ground and pound. The, the one issue that I had was she seemed to, she seemed to give up fights at times. Um, with, I don't want to say lack of IQ, but I remember the Juliet Robertson loss. I was on that one. I was on meatball Molly there and she was dominating from the top, gave up a sub. And it's, it's something that she's almost gotten caught in and on multiple other occasions. And so that's what worries me is Danny made a reference about, uh, the black belt here. I also have never seen it. I, I didn't take much full disclosure for this one. I also haven't seen it. But that alone would keep me away from riding the minus 145 on Meatball Molly. I don't know if there's a sub prop there. If she does give it up, a lot of her fights do go to decision. She, she usually barely gets out of the submission, but it's always, if you're riding Meatball Molly, it is always a heart, heart attack waiting to happen. Yeah, this one's a dogger pass for me. When they start throwing up the sub. No, it's most likely a pass. Women's MMA. Procpio? Procopio? Procopio plus 725 to win by sub. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah, that could be like a, one of those random, like, let, let's throw 10 bucks here and try to, try to, yeah, try to really win something. So I, I just know if you watch Meatball Molly a lot, you've had multiple heart attacks because you're like, she's about to get caught. So something just to add a note. Moving up the card, we have another women's fight on the prelims Carol Rosa versus Yoseline Edwards. Carol Rosa also, I believe, was uh, Procopio's loss. It was. Procopio. 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 There we go. I don't do English no goodly. But so Procopio is fighting one fight above her. Um, And the line on that one is Jocelyn Edwards plus 205, Carol Rosa minus 245. This is, this is another one that I'm definitely passing on. Um, the interesting thing for me is just that Jocelyn Edwards fought like two and a half weeks ago yep. on that Max Holloway card, that one that debuted on I was gonna ABC, which is a, a really quick turnaround for a rookie. I mean, she made her debut there, and now she's going to have two UFC fights in less than a month. It's pretty, it's pretty cool, and she surprised a lot of people in that. I think she was a dog in one. Uh, against yeah, Wu Yan, Yanan. Like, uh, she was like a plus 200 dog, I believe. But yeah, this seems like a recurring UFC theme nowadays is 
making your UFC debut and then just getting the call right off the ringer again to fight again, back to back. I mean, I know Impikasang and I fought like three times in a couple months. I, obviously, Cosmot's done it. And now, who knows? Maybe Jocelyn Edwards is going to be a household name before we know it. And yeah, I'm with definitely. Dan on this one. I, I did watch tape for this one and a little more than I usually do. I was kind of intrigued by their skill sets, both of them being on the younger side. Uh, I like getting, I like taping the younger people more because I usually already know a decent amount about guys I've been taping for the last X amount of years. And yeah, I didn't see anything on either side that would sway me, especially to pay that type of price. So for me, it's, it's dogger pass as well, Dan. And it's most likely going to be a pass. So continuing on the card, I think how many, I, I know this card looks fat. Like there's a lot of fights, I think. Yeah, the next fight is a catchweight bout. Oh, this one I'm excited about. Catchweight bout between Devonta Smith and Justin Janes. Dan, you, and this you one is a fat off. line, correct? Uh, let's, it should be. Justin Janes is plus 250. Devonta Smith is minus 300. But that's the caveat here that I want to talk about. So Devonta Smith was an up-and-coming prospect. Someone who I personally really liked. I was, I was, I was, I was telling everyone to get ready for this guy. He's, he's going to be a force we reckon with comes in at minus 750 opening closed in the 1200 to 800 range against comma worthy and lost via knockout on that uppercut one of the biggest upsets in ufc history comes in today at minus 300 and and the question i ask you against justin james who's a guy who definitely likes to stand in and strike in the pocket question i ask you today is 300 can you trust Devonta Smith, a prospect who's proven that you can't trust him with a 300 clip, even though I would say this fight should be a pretty easy skate to victory for him. Here, here's the other wrinkle that puts it, puts it even more questionable, crazy line. Uh, since that knockout, I'm pretty sure Devonta Smith tore his Achilles mm. and is now coming back off of a torn Achilles. Which is that, I did really not worrisome for me in terms of his movement, in terms of his fluidity on the feet, and just his comfortability in the octagon. It's it's a situation where I, I don't know if you mentioned it, but James has zero gas tank. He's a yep. classic wrestler who fell in love with his hands and forgot how to wrestle, but can't really strike. Um, I do think that Smith should sleep him quick. As you said, I just don't feel comfortable even adding him to parlays yeah, because I haven't seen him since this Achilles. It's, it's, that, that's mainly why I ask, can you trust him on the minus 300 less about laying, laying it straight up, but much more about adding him to a parlay, maybe with Valia who we mentioned earlier. And I don't think you can do it. Right. I, this, I is, think, I, this is one where I specifically noted. I don't feel comfortable. I, I'm excited for this fight. These guys yeah. are going to be fun to watch. I expect violence. Maybe there's an underplay. Yeah, but, potentially, definitely, because you know if you know if it goes out of the second round, anyways, that James is going to be gasped beyond belief. I wonder if it's two and a half or one and a half. Keep going, and I'll get you that line. Yeah, um, I, I, I would guess one and a half. It but, is one and a half. It's one and a um, half. The overs plus one forty, so it's actually it's actually a, a favorite to go under one and a half there. So don't don't blink during this one. It looks like. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one. This is just one that I don't feel comfortable putting my hard-earned U.S. dollars on. No, I agree. I mean, maybe the yen, but not the harder right. USB. Can't have that. Pesos. So I, I, yeah. So, so you're going to be tempted to add this minus 300 to a little parlay boost. This is one I would, I would urge against, at least in the meantime, especially with this newfound Achilles news for me, at least. That's some, he only took a year and a half off from his last fight. Those injuries are some of the most gruesome in all of sports. I, I would stay tuned and, and really try to figure out what this guy's all about use this use this fight as an opportunity because you're gonna see him a lot in the ufc he's not going anywhere so moving up along the card now i think we're getting close to the main card challenge which i know yeah so this is the main event capper or the prelim capper here so i know Kobe's licking his chops to get involved on this main card challenge so you got mike oh, i'm gonna get involved on mike rod yeah you, you'll, <laughs> oh, you'll get involved on mike rod welcome in so we got Mike Rodriguez against Danilo Marquez. Both these guys, and I know Mike Rod is definitely a, um, have been a mentioned guy on this pod quite a bit. His line comes in at minus 235. Danilo Marquez plus 195. 
It did open at minus 260, though, so a slight steam down towards the dog. Which one of the courts is want to start this one off? The I can give actual, her a kickoff. Yeah, the one with the actual insight should go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Mike Rodriguez is a guy we like a lot on this podcast, but it's a guy who, in his last fight, was maybe the worst beat of any MMA match of all time. He landed oh a legal God. body strike that was – decided by the ref in real time as a as a groin strike and then TKO no less hit him in the nipple right. a TKO in right to the solar plex should be a clean knockout um and then he goes on to get tapped out in the third round by a crazy Kimura from the bottom who's just a wild wild roller coaster of, of a that, fight that was a also that was a unanimous ankle pick loss that night that was brutal that was one we oh, all yeah. rode we all felt great about. I remember the chat erupted. We got the knockout. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> and Sam um, Ed Herman, who I believe is on that season two of Tough, by the way. Yes, yes, he is. Little call um, But I, I definitely lean Rodriguez here. He's angry. He's going to come out hungry. Um, and Marquez is a guy who really can't hang on the feet. He's a jujitsu specialist, and I, he, he's – doesn't have even average boxing or kickboxing. If this one isn't a clinch fest and a hug fest, Rodriguez is getting him out of there. I, I think that there's a a stat, unless I'm mistaken, I think that Rodriguez is the guy with uh, John Jones-esque reach. It's it's long. He's the only guy longer. Wow. Yeah, it might be his. 82 and a half. Yeah, 82 and a half reach. So yeah, yeah I, he's got I think his he arms hang down to his knees. His arms hang down to his knees, and don't forget, he loves that front kick too. He's got really long legs. He looks like a fucking tarantula. Love it, a tarantula. But do you see? But the line's steep. I mean, it's minus two forty. If if you believe that he's hungry and that he wants this one more than the, even that Ed Herman one, the inside the distance isn't a bad kicker for it. No, I think that, that wait. You're saying win inside the distance or fight? Yeah, inside I'm. I'm. I'm saying Rodriguez inside the distance okay. is still a minus 150. Yeah, because keep in mind that something that should be mentioned is Danilo Marquez's one win in the UFC is against a guy who I don't believe is in the UFC anymore. Cadiz, do you know? Ibragamov. I, I don't know if he's still in the UFC. I doubt it. He dropped four in a row, one of which being to Ed Herman, just all via KO. He just gets destroyed. Um, but he actually went to a decision with Marquez, but not not here nor there. The 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 point is, is that I, I think you're right. I think uh, Mike Rodriguez has the advantage. I just worry that he had that Ed Herman fight in the bag, like actually, but I still – don't love you getting tapped by a 43 year old vet. You know what I mean? I, it didn't, I mean, he, Ed Herman's not actually 43. He's like 39 or something, but still it, even though he, he needed to win the fight twice and the, and that's real. He really needed to win the fight twice. I still have a, a gross taste in my mouth from that loss. I, I don't, I don't oh, believe that. me. I, if this hits the mat, Rodriguez betters will be sweating. Marquez yeah. trains at Kings MMA with Darius. You got to imagine that they're rolling Brazilian, a lot. Brazilian too. Yeah. But Mike Rodriguez is so long. He is such a great jiu-jitsu body. I just, I don't know what his training looks like. Do you know where he fights out of? Ed Herman's 40, by the way. Just need to add that. I got tapped by a 40-year-old. Um, oh, um, I do know where he fights out of. Oh, Lozon. Yeah. He's been training yeah. with Joe Lozon. He's been working on defensive grappling. Okay. So it'll this be interesting is, to yeah, it'll be interesting to see how his grappling has improved over his UFC appearances. So that's it for the prelims. I hope you guys learn. I mean, I know if you're listening to this, you're a hardcore for sure, but I hope you learned something, took something away, or make some money off this uh, analysis. I know Danny and I spent a lot of time taping during the week to make sure we get you guys the best content week in and week out. So using that, let's segue into the main card challenge. Kobe's favorite words he's ever heard. My favorite words from a fourth place position right now. So I was about to ask. So what? Tell us what the record's like, and is Parker gonna phone it in? Parker's gonna text it in. We're gonna we're gonna get him on record prior to right. you know, posting so, these yeah. up. Don't but, kid yourself. Uh, Parker will be on record. In the meantime, you got us three to deal with. What's the rankings here? Is and- Parker, 
No, DK's in first, 10.87. Parker in second, 8.31. Reese made up some ground last week or two weeks ago, 7.58. And Kobe, 5.42. So building our way back up from the back there. Building my way downtown, flashing fast. (laughs) I don't think that's even the lyrics of the song. It's not. It's not. All right. Record done. So Danny's in first. I'm in second. Kobe's in third. That's the order that people will be picking their fights. Danny, I'm sorry. Throwing you the wolves early, just like the analysis. Who do you got in the first one? What line and why? We're using five dimes on uh, We're using five dimes on best fight odds if you want to follow along and make your own plays and disagree with us. We're looking for a sponsorship, too, so five dimes is interested. We're, we're using their, their lines here. Or BetFast Action. We've got we've got a, a much closer connection to Betfair FanDuel if we're going to be fucking honest. But Fair. that being said, well, it's not Bogdanovich. All right, Dan, first fight on the main card coming at you. We got Diego Ferreira versus Pinel Darius. If you listen to set the spread, you already know Danny's leaning on this one. The line as it sits today is Benel Darius minus 105, Diego Ferreira minus 115. Danny leading us off. Yeah, as you as you alluded to, I, I played a little bit of my hand on the set the spread. My initial my initial thoughts were that CDF was going to win this rematch, even though he lost the first one to Darius. I'm a big Darius fan, by the way. I'm a little bit flipped. I think I'm gonna ride the dog here. I think I. So I guess five dimes has it at minus one hundred five. It's not so much plus money, but. I think that if this stays on the feet, Dariush is going to do it. Wow. And I, I th- what, what really stood out to me in the taping, Reese, is Carlos Diego Ferreira is a black belt who relies a ton on being in a dominant position. And he can't really do a lot unless he's given a lot in the jujitsu department. And that being said, he, he puts himself in a great position to do a lot as, I mean, he – tapped out Anthony Pettis pretty quickly in his last fight. Um, I don't think Darius is going to give him a lot. I don't think that he's going to be positionally in a way to take advantage of his best skill. And that's what, that's why I think that I'm, I'm going to pick for the main event challenge or main card challenge. Benil Darius, my fucking dude out of Kings MMA. Straight up minus one Oh five. Yep. I'm really bummed that Danny, changed midweek uh when he told me he was on Fajera during set the spread I told him the opposite I was all over Darius I actually set the line as Darius is a favorite so in my mind I'm still getting value at the 105 I'm gonna lock it in I'm also taking Darius minus 105 and this is no fun I'm also on Darius 105 that's fine no 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 big deal no one tell Parker that about what your pick if you really want to flip but I love being you Benny and the Jets oh, baby dude, do what you're thinking Benny and the ankle pickers so Moving up the card, since we had a unanimous early one, the next fight is Alexandra, Alexandra, the Cannibal Pantoja versus Manel Cape. Did we ever get an official pronunciation on that? We'll I think it's on. Cap. Or Cape? I think it's Cap, if I'm crazy. Well, I like Cape. So, Cape versus Pantoja. The line currently sits. Pantoja minus 115. Cape minus 105. Crazy stuff. It, it, earlier, it was Pantoja minus 130, so it's faded in the wrong direction. What are you thinking, Dan? Or right direction, depending on your own. Um, so this is uh, Manel Cap making his debut um, from Ryzen, which is something I, I respect Ryzen a lot as, as one of yeah. those tertiary uh, promotions. He's really exciting. He's really explosive. Uh, he's he's also kind of like a one of those wild card guys. Like I wouldn't be surprised if there's some pushing and shoving at the face off or the weigh-ins. Um, he's a crazy motherfucker. I've said this before on the podcast. Pantoja is a sports car. He starts fast. He's really cool to look at, and he fades every single fight. You can see it. Um, we saw it last time against Asker Askarov, not Asker Asker. Um, and. Honestly, I think I'm going to go with the better number here. Uh, I, I'm going to, in terms of betting, 
there might be an actual play on cap. I'm waiting for the weigh-ins because I do want to see how they look facing off and standing next to each other. I've noticed that there's a huge difference in a lengthy Pantoja versus like a filled out muscly Pantoja. Uh, and I, I do want to see how they kind of stand up next to each other. I'm, I, I am going to go with uh, the debut, the debutante, if that's, if that's a proper word. So At the, whatever that line is. So the line there for Cape is minus one hundred five. Minus one hundred five. So, I've been betting for a very long time, and everything in my betting knowledge that I've ever known or thought I known is to take Cape minus one hundred five because he's a newcomer against a highly ranked, highly coveted Pantoja. The MMA minded me is. How in God's name does Pantoja drop this fight to, to a UFC debut? I think this is a nightmare of a first fight for anyone coming to the UFC. I think Pantoja, time and time again, has been overlooked. I think time and time again, he's proven himself to be dominant. What Danny said about the fading is absolutely accurate. I, he has cost me in many fights before by gassing out extremely quick. However, he's the number six flyweight in the world and a UFC debut guy coming in and he's my, and he's barely the favorite, practically PK. I, I think that if that doesn't motivate him, I don't know what does. His affiliations, American top team, I would be surprised if they're not working on his cardio slash fight IQ slash blowing his water early. I truly would be. I expect to see him come out a little bit slower in this one and – hopefully hopefully uh fight his fight i mean just look at the people he beat brandon moreno in 20 in tough he beat exhibition match he he lost he beat matt schnell and that was in late 2019 that just happened and but that that moreno one was an exhibition match same with the kai car france a w is a w my friend i mean you even got he lost a Figueroa, but by decision, I mean, that's, those are, that was, that was a really good fight and that performance led me into betting him against Askar Askarov. Yeah. And he even didn't look bad there. He just faded like we, we both mentioned. What just happened. And Oh no, you're talking about the Brandon Moreno exhibition match in 2016 on the ultimate fighter. I'm talking about when he beat Brandon Moreno in 2018 on UFC fight. That might've also happened. I'm not, I don't have his record. I have it, it. It happened, but yeah, he was on the Ultimate Fighter where he came in at the eighth seed, beat Brandon Moreno, beat Kai Car France. So he's it's not like he's a stranger to being overlooked. The gambler in me, everything that I've ever learned about gambling is saying hammer, cape. It's a newcomer at an egregious line. The public is going to be all over Pantoja, and the name of the game is Fade the Public. However, can't get myself to do it in this one. Pantoja minus 115. Ink me, Kobe. Ink me. I'm also on Pantoja. I think it's Cape, by the way. That's what our pronunciation site I just found was on. Manel Cape. But I'm on Pantoja. He's got two nicknames. El Prodigio, the prodigy, and Starboy. I'm a motherfucking Starboy. I mean, good timing. It's going to lead into weekend Super Bowl for performance next day. Okay, so with that all being said, I, I really do like Pantoja here. This line shocks me and it scares me at the same time. So that's everyone's picks there. Moving on the card, we have a lightweight bout in the most untrustworthy fighter in the entire world, 20 and 16, Michael Johnson against the Carpenter and probably top five oldest on the UFC roster, Clay Guida. As you said, line on this. I one want you to, I want you to repeat actually one. that for our listeners. Line What's Michael this- Johnson's record? 20 and 16. Michael Johnson's minus 225. Clay Guida's plus 185. Just to throw that out there for y'all. The other thing, too, that you might get a couple of yucks out of before you lay the minus 225 on Michael Johnson. Just a couple things of note from him. He lost to Tiago Moises. Uh, and the line on that was him plus 135. So that's a fine loss. He was minus 245 against Stevie Ray lost that fight true story he lost to josh emmett via overhand right he was even there so i mean 
and the craziest thing, the only commonality between those three fights, because I know he lost them in three different ways, the knockout, the sub, and the decision, he was winning all three. The Josh Emmett fight, he actually was winning until the very last second. And it's, it was a robbery. It's wild, his fight IQ. Worst all time, as you mentioned. It, this okay. is one where it, he's going to be beating Guida until he does something so mind-blowingly dumb that cost him the entire fight. Uh, for that reason, I'm probably going to be passing on this one. The other thing, too, that like you can't – you literally cannot say Michael Johnson's name without mentioning – and the thing that's so funny about this guy is he can lose to Stevie Ray via an overhand right or no decision. He can lose decision. to Stevie Ray via decision. Let me just go through quickly, quickly, quickly. Couple what about his knockout versus Dustin the Diamond Poirier? What about his decision win against Tony Ferguson? This guy, I mean, this guy Ed fought Khabib pretty well. In 2015, Dustin Poirier, 2016. And then ever since then, he lost to Joe Lozon, who mentioned earlier. Yeah, Elkins. And that's prime Joe Lozon. Beat Andre Feely, which actually isn't terrible. And Artem, the GOAT. Yeah, beat Artem Lobov, the actual GOAT. Best stand-up in in history of anything. Um, But dropped three straight here. And I think laying the 245 against a guy who continuously gives away fights is the most frustrating thing you probably can do here. Yeah. That that being said, it's – this isn't one I'm happy about. It's it's definitely a pass for my hard-earned U.S. dollars. But for the MCC, give me that dog. Hopefully he lands a takedown or two and steals some of these rounds. I do see kind of Johnson's going to be too fast for him. I, I kind of, as, as someone who's analyzing the fight, I see Johnson getting the knockout here. For my money, give me that plus, plus 200 Clay Guida price. Better wrestler over the striker. Let's do it. I like that. I, I do. I am going to go a different route here. Um, so I would never put my hard-earned money on this, as Danny said. However, however, I'm going to go risky here, and I'm going to I'm going to mix it up a little bit. I'm going to go Michael Johnson, but I'm going to do it via decision. I, I don't see him getting Clay Guida out of there. Shocking, I know. Clay Guida actually put up a decent fight against Bobby Green, which was surprising, but. Uh, Michael Johnson wins via uh, decision. Seems like a, a good way to cheese this line a little bit. Um, so let's see. Johnson by decision. Plus 168. Yeah. All right. I'm on Guida. Wow. No method. So the unanimous- I mean, yeah, this, is, this is not a good pick, Kobe. I just want you to be prepped. No, I, I was on it prior to your analysis. Oh, and I, uh, just give me the oh. dog here. Right. Also, Country Club Kobe made a great card. I skipped over one. We're going to go back to it. It's going to, we're going to do it right now. It's going to be Cody Stamen versus Asker Asker. Uh, that one's the recently added one. Who was who Asker Asko stepping in for again? Cody Stamen was set to fight. Uh, Andre Yule. Andre Yule. Okay, yeah. So Andre Yule withdrew. Asker Asker is coming in. Asker Asker plus 385. Cody Stamen minus 485. Danny, lead, lead the charge. This is a really interesting one because of the late notice. Um, Cody Stamen is a legit fighter. Cody Stamen had a full camp with a full camp for Asker. So so he had a full camp for Andre Ewell, who's a completely different stylistic fighter than Asker. Um, If they were to, if he were to have the full camp preparing for Asker, I would be a lot more confident in the line that was set. I would think was super accurate. But the thing about accepting a fight on like six to eight days notice, you have absolutely nothing to lose. Give me the fucking large dog here. Give me the absolutely nothing to lose. Askar, Askar. It's going to be fun. And like Stamen is great, great fighter all around. Great dude, honestly. I love like he, he fought for his brother right after he died. And that was an emotional night. I just think that when you got... At this point, he's taking a stay busy fight by accepting this random replacement of an opponent. When you're taking a stay busy fight, when you didn't prepare stylistically for the fighter that you're facing, and when the fighter you're facing has nothing to lose, it's a bad recipe. Yeah, I agree. And that's the bad part. You're breaking my heart here today. You, you, you switched to Darius, can't gain ground there. 
Now I can't gain ground again. Also give me the dog, Asker Asker, the number one ranked fighter in, in India. Bring him over. Let's go. I think Cody Stamen probably wins, all, all joking aside. But I agree with Danny. Making a line on a fighter making his UFC debut on six days notice is probably one of the tougher tasks to do. And I think that is amazing of a pressure wrestler Cody Stamen is. He was preparing for a completely different fight. And he gets switched up on a guy that has very little tape out there on him. Making his UFC debut has nothing to lose. And you're giving him a four to one price. At the end of the day, when you lock that cage door, it's two men in there going to war or women going to war. Anything can happen. Both are highly capable fighters. Give me the And dog. you got to imagine these guys going on their debut have at least a degree of momentum behind them. There's like, exactly. no, they didn't get signed off of losses. They're, Winning, and in his case, winning in the LFA, which is a pretty good feeding ground. A lot of guys come. Yeah, a lot of guys come from LFA. And so I I think that, again, this would be somewhat of a interesting thing to put actual hard-earned USD on this. But but for the purpose of the game, I think the dog is actually the right pick with value. I was going to say, do either of y'all see this hitting your card for real? Probably not for me. Maybe a sprinkle, less less I than a unit for sure. I mean, if if it gets higher than this, then it would be hard not to. I mean, if we're less getting, than a unit for sure. Playing from unit, behind for the for the MCC, I'm gonna stick on Stamen minus the crazy number, but just trying to pick well. up eighty five. Yeah, as well. Um, okay, moving along, we're at the co-main event now. Of the evening after backtracking a little bit, Corey Sandhagen against Frankie Egger. This line when we did the dot five. Got a lot of laughs. We were actually caught off guard. Minus three thirty, minus three thirty one was the was the picks. Yeah, minus three thirty, minus three three thirty one. It was minus four thirty five at the time. Currently sitting at minus four hundred, which is still a hefty price to pay against one of the all time greats, definite first ballot Hall of Famer Frankie Edgar. Danny, go ahead. This is another one where. I'm looking at two fighters and I can see that Corey is probably the better fighter um, almost everywhere, but I'm also looking at these prices and I'm, I've been a fan like you Reese for long enough to know how good Frankie Edgar is and how much he shocks everyone. Even though I do think he lost his last fight and should be entering on a four or three fight losing streak. This number's too good to pass up for the answer. I'm going to go ahead, keep the train running. I think I've only taken underdogs in the MCC this this episode. Give me that Frankie Edgar, the answer price. This is also one that won't see my card, Kobe. Actually, if, if you want to get – like, I, I haven't checked out the number, but Stamen by points is actually a, an enticing option. Because Sanhagen or Stamen? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Sanhagen by points is an enticing option because the answer does not get knocked out. He does not get dropped. You cannot get him out of there. Um, but I'm just gonna go with the dog. I'm feeling. I'm feeling good. I like the answer. Give me the answer. So Danny actually, <laughs> Danny actually stole my exact line of thinking. And also my workaround for the high price. I mean, Frank Jagger is a guy that I've always known him. We didn't talk, by the way, for you listeners. Oh, reason yeah, I did not talk. talk. No, but Frankie's a guy that I always knew throughout my MMA fandom as the guy who couldn't be finished. That story got changed. That narrative got changed when Brian Ortega knocked him out for the first time in his entire career out of the octagon uh, in 2018. Since then, he beat Cub Swanson, lost to Max Holloway via decision, and then had that super flash knockout against Korean Zombie where he looked the worst I've ever seen. A couple fights later, or a couple canceled fights later, he gets a fight with Pedro Munoz, some guy that I actually hold in, in high regard, and wins via split decision, looks a lot better, and doesn't get finished. I think if Frankie Edgar continued to go down the path after the Korean Zombie, I'd be worried. However, I that that most recent Pedro Munoz fight really put me on the right path. Even though Danny and I both agreed he, he probably shouldn't have won that decision. He did. With that being said, I'm going to cheese this a little bit. I think this line is very favorable. If you want to take the favorite, I'm going to take Sandhagen to win by decision. Again, we didn't talk. This is already my pick, but I'm also on Sandhagen by decision there. Minus one Oh five. 
cool. So that brings us to the main event of the evening. The thing that gets us all out of bed and the line that Danny got right and I got wrong on the point five episode and it truly dropped my jaw because Alistair, the devolution man, Overeem against Alexander Volkov. Overeem is shockingly not the favorite here for this card in this fight. The favorite is Volkov by a whopping minus 200 now. Was minus 175 when we did the dot five episode. Overeem plus 170. Still can't even believe that. Danny, go ahead. Yeah, Reese, I mean, Reese kind of laid me up pretty nicely. I'm going to be on the dog here for the whatever. Is there five fights or six fights in the main card? I'm on the dog of every single one. I love the dogs this coming Saturday. I don't see – I, I can understand why Volkov is favored. But if you look at it a little bit closer, the matchup within the matchup, is Volkov probably the faster kickboxer and more technical kickboxer at this point in their careers? Yes. Volkov faster, averages yeah. more. Than- I'll give you faster. I don't. I don't necessarily want to give you technical. Okay, no, because, that's fair. Yeah, faster for sure. If you look at that that Rosenstruth, you, you, oh my God, it was it a was a clinic. Fight. Yeah, it was. So that's what I'm saying. The matchup within the matchup. In my head, similarly to the Walt Harris fight. Overeem survives the first onslaught, takes him into the deep waters, even just the second round of this five-round fight. It's Overeem's fight. It's and, and it's not like Volkov is this crazy knockout power Derek Lewis. He couldn't even put Greg Hardy out, who gassed after the first five minutes. Volkov is a point fighter. Overeem is a more well-rounded mixed martial artist and an incredible kickboxer. Not to mention... Since he switched to team elevation uh, before that uh, Sergey Pavlich fight after the Curtis Blades loss, who is also at team elevation, who he trains with every day, um, he's four and one with that one being Jarzinho Rogas' strike, where he won 24 minutes and 55 seconds of that fight before catching one bad punch. This dude's five and oh after working with Trevor Whitman in my yeah. head. And he truly, if you asked Alistair, looked him dead in the eyes. He truly, with every fiber in his body, believes that he will get a title shot again. He, and you're going to give me a hundred plus 170 price on Uberim? Give me Uberim. Yeah, I agree with you. The other thing, too, is I think me and Danny were talking about this on the Point Five episode, if you did tune in, that there's this narrative about Volkov. Um, sty- like, as this is a bad stylistic matchup for, for Uberim, which Danny set, mentioned about potentially being uh, or definitely faster, but also potentially being more technical. The thing with this one is my biggest fear with Overeem is, is his chin. I, I that's my biggest fear. He's got to survive that first onslaught. Yeah, I mean, he's been to a lot of wars and, and that takes its toll no matter who you are. The thing is, is Volkov to me, although he beat Walt Harris via finish, kicked to the solar plex, lost a decision to blades. We got dominated lost, or beat it. One Greg Hardy via decision. Lost to Derek Lewis, which was going. That to was the team. that was the mover for me that he couldn't put Greg Hardy out when I need. Yeah. I as a hater of Greg Hardy, I wanted him to fucking yeah. be knocked out. Yeah, and that Derek Lewis fight is a very similar to the Jair Rosenstruck fight, that last second knockout um, that happened over him. But the people that Volkov is finishing when you see KOTKO, he beat a thirty-eight-year-old Verdum via punches. Okay, round four. He beat a Stefan Struve via punches round three. I mean, like, are those knockouts that I'm going home being – I mean, that's like flicking uh, James Vick in the chin and he goes to sleep. It's like, all right, you got a knockout, I guess. Um, so I'm not as worried about Overeem getting finished as I was against, say, Walt Harris, and I was on Walt – and I was on Overeem against Walt Harris. Yeah, so was I. That, yeah. That's ex- I'm happy you brought that up because Walt Harris, in terms of punching power – is I want to say head and shoulders ahead of Volkov. I think Volkov is more technical, but if Uberim can survive that Walt Harris first minute and a half where he's on his back hurt seemingly and come back and finish that ground and pound, I love it here. I love it here. Give me that Trevor Whitman preparation. Give me one trip takedown, a couple ground and pound elbows, and Uberim's taken out of there in like fourth. The other thing too is if, if, if you look at Volkov's pure punching power, you look at Walt Harris, 
Rosenstruck, who it did catch up to him, but four seconds left in the fifth round. We really need to Which, play. In all honesty, he like besides his face being busted up, he was he didn't go down and stay down. No. He went down and recovered. It was yeah, it was a whip. Yeah. Might have let he, that go. And that's a, a what 29 or not 29. No, 49. Yeah, yeah. 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 Or without the knockdown, without the knockdown, it's a 50-45 easy. I mean, it was an absolute bloodbath. Yeah. Um, and then, and then Agusto Sakai, the most recent timeout after Walt Harris. I mean, Agusto Sakai had his rounds. Don't get it twisted. I mean, he was a heavy favorite live going into those later rounds. Agusto Sakai was putting in work, but he's a, he's a more powerful puncher too. And U- U- Overeem stayed in it and won via ground and pound. So I think that not only is the plus 170 actually disrespectful, I, I, I think Overeem is going to get the W here. And this I will see my that- card for sure. And I think that if he does get this W, if Overeem beats Volkov, I, I think there's a shot Dana gives him the winner of Nganu Stipe. I really think so. I really think I so. Hope, I, I, am, I hope you're so right. Dude, Overeem's four in heavyweights. But he How do you not all... give John Jones a fight? Okay, I, I get the John Jones aspect. But the reason why is, is, and again, I know it's not all about feelings and yada, yada, yada. But if it, the Stipe and Ghana winner, Overeem is on his way out. I mean, he's 40-something. He doesn't – I mean, he has done so much for the UFC. He has fought in the UFC. He's 40 years old. He's fought in the UFC for God knows how long. Before that, I believe he was in pride. I'm pretty confident he was in pride. Or the UFC. He, he was 100% in pride. If, if we're going to really break down his impact in the sport – the dude made his debut in 1999. Yeah. When people like Chase Hooper were two years old. Yeah. When, like, yeah. He's actually fought in three decades. Four and, decades. And he's put his blood, sweat, and tears in this division. And after losing to Curtis Blades, who I think is will be a champion in this division one day, I really – And really now is his training partner at Team Elevation. Yes. Goes on a five-fight win streak in theory, the Rosenstruck loss. But if, if he didn't lose that fight to Rosenstruck, he's fighting for a belt. Stays in the UFC, doesn't give up on his dream. Because that's the one thing that's evaded over him in the UFC is, is the gold. Comes in, beats Walt Harris, beats Augusto Sakai, has Volkov. If he puts down Volkov, another top seven contender, I, I think that giving him the winner of Nganu Stipe is not out of question. I, think I, giving, I love it. You know I what? I hope you're. Another, right. I think giving him another heavyweight fight that just for him to potentially lose at 41 would be a real disservice to what he's done for the UFC and the company. I'm on Volkov by decision plus 315. Okay. I was I was on Volkov before. I don't know. I, Kobe wanted to propose. He's a point fighter. Volkov. He's a point fighter. Danny made the Danny made the point that he's a point fighter, and I'm oh, on the plus 315. Yeah. Okay. I'm, t- I'm taking the favorite plus 315 to win by decision. And I'll take the Dutch. One. I'll take the Dutch kickboxer to handle his stuff. Man. The other thing too is with Overeem, really quickly, is the fact that he's fought, like Danny said, since '99, and he is Uberim, that the behemoth of a man that we once knew, and he's still hanging around at 40 years old. He's got his wits about him. The demolition man. Fucking Let's legend. fucking go. Let's go. Let's go, Overeem. All right. Over before we get too bogged down, I want to get to my parlay of the week. I've got Osborne, who's the ankle lock. Sorry? If it has Volkov in it, I'm canceling. Well, there's a twist to the parlay of the week this week. There's two parlays of the week. Osborne, Emrod, together, plus, we're talking Super Bowl weekend, plus the Chiefs, plus 323. Okay. I'm going to do that for one of my parlay of the week units. I'm also going to do the same parlay, add... My Volkov by decision plus 315 for a plus 1300. You're a fish of the week is what you are. Taking the Chiefs with Tim Brady on the other side. You're crazy. You're crazy. That's a conversation for another podcast. And now I'm just shook. And I I don't know what happened. (laughs) Put a bow on this. What else y'all got to add? Uh, You know, just go follow us at Ankle Pick Pod for more nonsense. We appreciate all you guys listening. DK Capper MMA, third-party track, Kingpin MMA, myself working on getting there, been lazy as F, and I also have been losing, as you know. Kobe, 
I'm disappointed in you, but we can't get more bogged down by Donovich than we already are. Parker's plays will be live before the before the week starts. Malort bets as soon as he's back on the pod. Kobe Courts, Alcoholics, Optimist, Kobe, AOC. All right, cut. <laughs> Cue the no, music. No, no. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.